0: Welcome to our F1 League podcast. I'm your commissioner, Frank Skorjewski, at the F609. Please give me a follow on all socials. With my own interest in Formula One peaking this year, I decided to try to form a fantasy league centered around F1. I thought it would really add to the enjoyment of the 2022 season, um, how we did it was uh i reached out to a few friends and then a few college buddies um a, a family member or two and uh we kind of got it up to uh 22 teams uh, including myself so um i really appreciate all you guys uh participating and making this happen uh it's been really fun so far i think uh Some people have uh, had a lot of success they didn't think they would. Others uh, have fallen flat due to uh, some unforeseen circumstances. But uh, I think it's a long season and a lot of people still have a good uh, shot at this title. So um, to try to add to your enjoyment of this league, I want to introduce you to uh, our untitled F1 podcast. I'm hoping this goes well since I've never really podcasted before, but uh, I will attempt to have an episode out each week before the race. Uh, We'll talk about last week's race. Uh, I'll bring up the upcoming race and we can talk about that. Uh, Throughout the season, I'd love to have uh, some of our participating teams come on and join me to talk uh, their own F1 interest, how the league is going for them, and whatever else uh, might come up along the way. So on that, let's begin with our first episode. Okay, I have a first, I have a rules update. Our first no-pick occurred this week. This resulted in a rules decision coming from myself and the front office um, at the request of one of our owners, which was not the person who had a no pick. Uh, We're going to take a different approach than initially thought for this occurrence. So with a zero point week likely outcome for any team on any given week, I thought this might be a more fair solution to uh, a no-pick selection. So after selections lock, when qualifying begins before any race, the team or teams with no-pick will be given the last qualified driver available to them. So during this instance, the person had a very low driver, uh, someone that barely posted a time in qualifying. So they started, I think in 17th, 18th uh, location. If you did this the last week of the season, in theory, it could be the best driver you have available. If you never picked Max or books in a week or Charles, I guess he is the current best driver, but it would be at his worst time. So if, you only had two drivers available to select and one was max and one was Charles and Charles finished it ahead ahead of max. I would select max because he had the worst time in qualifying. Um, That's how we'll handle it. Hopefully this doesn't happen. Um, I've been trying really hard to remind you guys. Uh, There's a few of you who uh, I only have email addresses for that I can't really just uh, shoot a text and say, Hey, send in your stuff. But, um, I really hope that uh, this doesn't happen too much. But if it does, um, this is how we will proceed moving forward. Moving on to our league standings, with our tenth in the points, person moving up from almost last after a great week. Nick Cirillo nine, Kevin Fitzpatrick eight, Stephen Harris seven, Liam Callahan, six, your very own Frank Skrujewski, five, Daniel Shuck, four, our guest this evening, Michael O'Byrne, three, Corey Cook, two, Johnny Workman, and one, Tom Riccardi on a strong day for Sergio Perez with the second place. Um, to go over uh, how this league's been going so far through three races, Tom, who is in first place, has not had a winner yet. He's had three second-place finishes from Perez last week, Leclerc, and Sainz at the beginning of the season with a 1-2 from Ferrari and Charles finishing in second in Saudi Arabia to Max. Comparatively, our team in fifth with Dan Shuck. He has one win. Has also taken Perez, Leclerc, and Signs. He got his win from Leclerc, but he also had a uh, Signs DNF this week, I believe, which uh, just goes to show you that through three races, um, you can have some very different outcomes so i think that means to encourage a lot of you uh some of you had had some bad luck selecting top drivers which obviously uh, is going to be a tough battle ahead but with the wild cards with sprint races i really think there's some ground to be made up it's just about selection and how you want to do that along with strategy um others like tom has had three second place but i'm sure from. Uh, three of the top six drivers on the grid, he would like to have a win in there. So I think this uh, opens up the possibilities of strategy of how we want to how you want to move as a team moving forward. I really think it's going to give some uniqueness to the league this year with uh, a lot of teams still only selecting in midfield. I know uh, myself has a win with Max in Saudi Arabia. But I also had zero points last week from Fernando Alondo, Alonso and whatever the heck the Spaniard and the Alpine was doing. But um, I only got lucky um, with Kevin Magnus and other people have only selected in the midfield, maybe gathering some 14 points in total um, after a six or a five or a six or a four or an eight but that still opens them up to later in the year, knowing when to take that Ferrari or when to take that Mercedes or even the Red Bull. Um, I think it really opens up the possibility of some interesting movements on the leaderboard. Every uh, episode, I will go through our leaderboard. So hopefully you uh, start to hear your name in the top 10 for those of you not in the top 10. uh, We're only three races in. I really think uh, there's a, realm of possibilities of how this year can go um who would have thought our defending world champion would have two uh no finishes and on races he finishes he wins so the possibilities are, are endless all right welcome back to our first f1 podcast i am joined by our first guest mr michael o'burn live from louisville kentucky how are we
1: We're doing good, Frank. Thanks for having me. appreciate it.
0: Oh, I love it. Um, I'm happy you uh, joined as our first guest here, Michael. Um, So to bring you on here, um, I will introduce you. Um, You are a a good friend from home, um, now living in Louisville, Kentucky. So I will start uh, to open up the question, why F1? When F1? How did this all happen?
1: uh well i I think most like most people uh these days we got uh caught up in the the netflix series drive to survive and the uh the drama of it all and and all that good stuff kind of brought me and my girlfriend and uh her dad's also been following f1 for a long long time longer than the both of us have uh have been alive so uh it was i was interested in the series um something to watch during the pandemic and kind of just ran through all the seasons and then once that was over, the the F1 season was kind of in, in mid-swing. So we picked up from there.
0: Oh wow. That's so interesting. I didn't know that about Kate's uh, father. Um so he knew he's uh like back to the Schumacher days, and he knows all like that little bit of insight. So I'm sure that's super cool to talk to him about. Like, cause I really like you, don't like everybody, I assume I'll ask that question to don't have a baseline on anything prior to what. 2018 2019 whenever they started this whole series so like to talk to somebody who actually knows a little bit uh, mm-hmm. more about it that's super cool
1: yeah no he's been a he's been a Ferrari guy for a long time him and his son Adam of course so
0: these Ferrari uh, guys it's a,
1: good, it's a good connection point yeah he was the uh he was actually the first person to tell me that like Williams wasn't complete ass for the entirety of uh of, of their existence, and that they're actually like quite a successful franchise. So, you would have no um,
0: idea by the current product, but yeah, that no, makes that's Not funny. at all, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when everybody tells you the Cowboys used to be good. Ooh, that's going to hurt some people. <laughs>
1: Sorry, guys. Sorry, Captain. All
0: right. So um, now, did you end up watching uh, – you made the job to survive point, obviously. Did you end up watching when it uh, first came out, or have you been following year to year? Or um, when did you really pick up and stream the full seasons and then get really into start watching races live?
1: I think I was actually a little bit late to the party. Um, we started watching it <sighs> – it was probably, like, a good year and a half ago. We definitely binged all three of the seasons that were on Netflix, and we were, like, eagerly waiting for the fourth one to come out. Um, so I'm trying to remember exactly. I don't, rem- I don't remember exactly when it was. Um, mm-hmm. I think by the time we finished, the Formula One season for 2020 was, like, just kicking off.
0: Oh, for 2020. I'm sorry,
1: 2021, 2021.
0: Okay, for tw- so this most recent season, the Max Lewis uh, fight for the title um, was what the first season you watched live?
1: yeah correct
0: yeah okay cool that's so cool um all right so then i think uh this is a perfect time to lead in to who's the team who's the driver
1: oh uh, we're we're super people in this well actually kate's not kate kate hates kate kate Mac hates max <laughs> big, li- big lewis gal we're okay on, that's uh, great uh, to have a little
0: uh, oh yeah a lot of rivalry in her uh, relationship
1: yeah, I will. Uh, I won't lie. It's been a little tough to be a, a Max supporter over the course of the last uh, last couple of weeks and watching the uh, watching the Drive to Survive series. But um, honestly, my first impression from the first season was just this guy's the best driver out here and he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Um, and that's what drew me in. Also, kind of not that I follow MLS all that much, but if I am going to claim a team, I was a Red Bull, a Red Bull guy. So kind of having the synergy there and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I just thought based on kind of watching the first season, like it was clear that Mercedes is like your top dog once that series starts. But Red Bull wasn't really far behind him. Um, and also, I know you're not a Christian guy, but I am a Christian guy. I think he's like British Batman. He's, he's the man. And yeah, he is a little weaselly, but you need a little bit of weasel in your principal in order to win races. And nobody talks about him moving from uh, moving over to that Honda engine, which essentially has like really boosted them into the position they are right now. If they stick with the engine they had when they start, when I started watching, I don't remember which manufacturer they were running. I don't know if
0: they had Renault at that point, and that's why Ricardo moves there. It might have. um, It might have been Renault. But yeah, they. they, I remember. I remember them having reliability issues in the first season. Um, So that's interesting that you bring up that point. Yeah, because I do not. not that I don't like them. I do. I, I, I do appreciate them in um, Christian Horner in that. And like you said, uh, the Honda move uh, to make that decision and uh, take the growing pains with it and come out with a world driver's championship, obviously put them uh, where they want to be. Now um, you might get some slack for the other move he's made in Honda leaving. And now them taking on their own powertrain department, reliability yeah. has been quite an issue in this uh, beginning of the year. And uh no better person to lead into once again with that in uh, you had a rough first pick. Uh, let's talk some strategy here into the F1 pool. Uh, your first race, I saw your uh, selection. I, I sent you a personal text and said, what's up with it? And uh, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's the first year of the pool. I don't think anybody has a playbook out there yet. Nobody really has a strategy or anything, or maybe people did plan for it beforehand, Um, But when I took a look at it at the beginning, I was kind of saying, what are the known quantities? Um, Because as you know, at the start of a Formula One season, really anything can happen. So I took a look at kind of free testing and everything to start. And I was like, who are the fastest cars? And Max was coming out on top of the Ferraris at that time during free testing. Um, We spoke a little bit the last time I was home at your house about how like far ahead the Ferraris really are. And I don't think I necessarily knew that at the time. And I don't know if it would have changed my pick based on the way that free practice and everything went. But, uh, yeah, I made the joke of, like, what's going to happen? And it happened to both the, both the Red Bulls.
0: I know. And, and it was something that um, I didn't want to discourage, especially because I think there was two or three people that took a car that day and i wouldn't have said anything to them i would have said oh that's an interesting pick you know i mean the ferrari is rumored to be fast um uh, moving into the first race of the season in bahrain excuse me but with you i thought it was foolproof like you said to look at testing you're coming in with the uh defending driver of world championships second in constructors it was a no-brainer if this is the race okay you pulled out a second who cares but to have the reliability issues he had at the first race, um, I'm sure that put a real damper on uh, the strategy you had there. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: the worst case scenario, quite literally. You can't do much worse than not finishing. It hurts even more. That is like three laps to go into the race or whatever it was. Um, I think if I were to go back and do it again, I don't think my strategy is too far off of what I actually wanted to do. I probably would just throw out week one. That's probably the only change that I would make. If you go like you go balls to the wall start in week two, um, but and yeah. um, week, I, and week I one, obviously some wonky things happen.
0: Yeah, you couldn't uh, you couldn't be talking to a better person that that, that happened to because I thought you know what week one. Take somebody in the midfield, take somebody random, take somebody that who cares if you don't score points. And then I went into Saudi Arabia and took Max and uh, he he pulled it out in that last uh, couple of laps there. So, yes, absolutely. The strategy may not have paid off, but it's such an interesting point to bring up to you. Um, Right before uh, I uh, spoke with you, I went over our standings in the league and uh, we have an interesting point that I made. Tom, who's our current leader, um, has picked Perez Leclerc Signs. Mm-hmm. uh mr daniel shuck you know um also has taken perez LeCarque signs shark has a win Shuck has a win tom does not tom's in the lead with three second places dan's got a win a second place and a dnf Mm-hmm. So even in taking the three same people and a three heavily loaded same people into the first three races of the season to have Clark, Signs, and Prez off the board, you've got a lot of uh, hopefuls and midfield guys looking forward other than our wild cards. So it's just so crazy how it'll all work out. It could really come down to a point in a given week because zero is going to be such a prominent uh, um, force in the uh, answers or in the selections pool. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out.
1: Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, maybe to your point. I mean, one one point could 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 flip the standings for sure. I think again, we don't know much about this. I don't know if you've done any research into like pools like this uh, prior to starting it. But no, I no, think, no,
0: this is all off the dome. Yeah,
1: I think the DNFs are really going to be what ends up like like me. You take you take a big dog week one and he DNFs. Like, what are you like? What are you gonna do? Yeah, because, because not much even, you can do I didn't about even. That. It's like a twenty-something point swing.
0: Yeah, I didn't even uh, reference uh, your three pricks here. I'm um, sorry. Uh, before we got off, you've taken you took Max in the first race, obviously with DNF, and then you've taken the two Ferraris. So you've had yeah. a big comeback here. Um, and you got your first win this week. What you're you're down the best constructor so far in taking yeah. those signs and Leclerc and with Max off the board. So even though you are in a good place now, you're moving your strategy to a more, I guess, uh, research block based, you know, midfield type thing and trying to uh, scratch some points out when you can.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm taking the approach of is kind of like wait and see, um, wait and see from the standpoint of like, who's going to catch up to the Ferraris? Who's going to catch up to the Red Bulls? Like is Mercedes going to make a big jump and become like somebody that's in line for the constructors as well? Absolutely. Because um, over the next couple of months, everybody's going to see what's, what's going on with the Ferraris and the Red Bulls and what they did. And they're going to get the chance to make their adjustments. And like we saw this week, I didn't necessarily get to watch the race, but I saw, I, w- I watched it on a replay afterwards. Obviously I saw the standings in the morning. And the thing that jumped, back, jumped out to me the most was the McLarens had to have figured something out.
0: Yeah, We'll get into our race review here with uh, last week, uh, not only McLaren with uh, two point finishers in Norris and Ricardo, but to have two Mercedes very high up there as well yeah. with a podium and a fourth place finish and, you know, some infighting there between both teams actually to see who was going to get that upper place. But yes. And maybe Mercedes and McLarens, does it give false hope or is it um, what is to be uh, promised moving forward? It's an interesting conversation to have, especially strategy wise um, for some teams that were top loaded going in. Uh, hey, maybe you see those McLarens and it's, ooh, these next couple picks, they might have found some pace. Let's take them. Same thing with the uh, Mercedes. Hey, they've had a bad start to the year. And our second in the constructors, George Russell's second place in the uh, driver standings, and you go, mm-hmm. wait, if I lo- if I made a mistake in taking the former constructors champion you still ended up with some pretty good points so far. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, and then only you think there's only more to come with first and seconds and podiums for uh Mercedes.
1: Yeah. A, a little bit of luck there too, with Max and. and oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Max and uh, Sebastian and Carlos all be there too. Mm-hmm. So that pushes up some of those results there that maybe it looks them a makes them look a little bit better than they were. Yeah, But still, I mean, I think my major takeaway from that race is the uh, McLaren to where, uh, uh, right in in the back for the first two races are at 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 worst kind of middling in the pack right now Are in line to get some points in the next couple of races
0: yeah absolutely so um i'll just run down to, uh, last week uh, we were in australia uh first place went to Charles Leclerc, picking up a second win of the season uh we finished the uh, second place with a sergio perez george russell uh, Lewis Hamilton and rounding up the top five was Lando Norris, I believe. Yep. I, I have not looked at that. I'm sorry. I did all Lando
1: beating both. his partner in his home country. That's. Yes. That's and what, that's and, and Daniel
0: Daniel finished sixth or seventh. Uh, I
1: think he finished sure.
0: seventh. Seventh. I think he uh, finished s- a
1: couple places behind uh, Lando.
0: Yeah, I know that it was like four tenths uh, off, so I'm not sure who finished six. But regardless, um, we had some interesting things happen. Uh, Carlos signs a DNF for spinning out, and it more seemed like a hmm, – he spun out, but he didn't want to get back in that race. It was very interesting. It, yeah, I mean, I understand being beached yeah. like that. But he really seemed like he did not want to be in that race. Uh, I listened to something earlier that said they changed his uh, steering wheel right before the race. Because it was malfunctioning and then his setup wasn't the same. So, you know, knowing where those buttons are, I'm sure it's like, you know, flying a plane. Like you need to know where everything is, you know, to your T. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sure it was a big thing, but it seems like you didn't want to be out there. Um, As you alluded to earlier, Max with another DNF, um, the reliability issues in the Red Bull are just absolutely killing them right now. Christian Horner has to be pacing up and down that he can't go to uh, the FIA and complain about Toto or Ferrari or Mateo or He'll anything. He, he's got to evidently, but leaking gas, leaking gas and starting to smoking out of the car um, never uh, bodes well for uh, anybody else's problem, but your own. Um, the big story other than the win, um, like you alluded to uh, the McLarens the Mercedes, all of it um, was the surprise Alex Albon move. Um, went from 20th to 10th place, uh, running an amazing strategy for um, our Drives to Survive uh, viewers. Um, If you notice, they have a Formula E um, team principal who came in last year um, who's thinking about just kind of really shaking things up. And Williams in a team that knows they do not have the pace to compete um, went out there and Alex Albon went for 56 laps without making a pit stop. And set the fastest, he set the fastest lap in the 54th lap on degraded tires and put in a fastest lap, barely got a pit stop in. I think he dropped from like seventh to 10th, but came out Mm -hmm. right before uh, Juan Yu Zhou and, and got the first points for the Williams, got his first points as a uh, Williams driver. So uh, applaud to uh, Alex Albon, my, my, Personal F1 Untitled Pod Driver of the Day. Let's
1: go. Yeah, no, I mean it was a good, it was a good drive and definitely a strategy that paid off. Not going for, not going for any pit stops there, especially considering his uh, partner Nicholas Latifi finished uh, P or P16. Oh my goodness, not great. Oh my goodness,
0: and yeah, I mean a little uh, backdoor into what I went in earlier. Um, We have a rule change um, because of a. uh, a no pick selection it was our first no pick selection of the year um so effort. we will we will be uh yeah we you'll be receiving your lowest timed qualifier that is available so um, lowest
1: timed qualifier so whoever finishes p20 in qualifying
0: if he's available to you
1: if he's available to you okay so if
0: not it'd be 19th or um in this case because there were three no contests um, the last qualifying time available was Nicholas Latifi. That person received Nicholas Latifi once again. I knew you were going to get zero anyway, so erasing Nicholas Latifi from your board isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, but yeah, so that that's funny that you brought him up because he is. Uh, I I don't know um, if there's a, a there's. It is amazing what F1 does. I think it's a uh, super interesting sport that um, I've, you know, I mean, you and me both have kind of gone a ball still balls to the walls being interested in. But between Nico Latifi, Lance Stroll, and Yuki Tsunoda, um, I don't know how they let these people like drive cars. The way it, it is yes, just crash I mean, Yuki problem.
1: Is nuts. Yuki's crazy. It is, but Yuki like just
0: Yuki does it on purpose. At least Stroll just has no idea what's going on out there, and Latifi's no, just mean, like fuck it.
1: I mean, you have to wonder. if, I mean, let's see if he's driving a terrible, I mean, he's driving a terrible Williams it actually Correct. didn't look awful the first couple of weeks, but you yeah, know, now they look competitive
0: doing, to some degree. Yeah.
1: He's got to push it in order to get, he's got to push it in order to get some points. So, I mean, if, if he's not pushing and he's not taking risks, he's probably not, not getting points anywhere. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah, as opposed earlier. to
0: the other two. Like, you know, I mean, there's so different yeah. scenarios and the cars they're in, which make them do different things, but it's just so fast. Yuki's just a nut. Yuki's
1: gonna do that. That's what and I mean. What I so he's in.
0: got and he's got the car to do it to, to not be a nut and still get points, but yeah. he just is a nut out there. Are strolls like kind of in the middle, it's a little false confidence, but also I don't really know what I'm doing out there. And then Latifi knows what he's doing, but he just doesn't have the car, so he just is as reckless as possible, and that just leads to too many things when you're going 150 miles an hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Curious, curious to your take on something, because you mentioned like um, whoever that selection was getting Nicholas Latifi. Feel free to call him out if you want to. We would love to hear. Um, Oh
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not going to sell anybody out, but you know, (laughs) you can look at the selections on your own. That
1: is true. That is fair. Um, What do you think though? Like when it comes time for like Canadian Grand Prix, like is that somebody that maybe like you're going to miss Nicholas Latifi, like driving on that track, maybe, in a position where he wouldn't otherwise like get points. Like maybe you're saving him for that track. Like I'm sure. I didn't didn't take a look at, at this week's picks, but I'd have to imagine a lot of people were on Ricardo this week after seeing kind of the free practice results and then being in his home country, which I took a look at it and I said, "Eh, I don't know if I trust that. I'm still going to take the known quantities, but Canadian grand prix Um. later in the season, maybe people are, if you're planning to it, maybe they're planning for that.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it's going on um, it, it, before this league, it's going to be based on an interest thing. Um, you know I mean? Do mm-hmm. you want to submit a pick and, you know, blind lock it? Like, you know, because I mean, that seems to be just as good as an option as me trying to do research and watching all the free practices. Right. And um, yes, I think that's an interesting point because I will do that in um, I'm somebody that's going to watch free practices. So mm-hmm. um, my K my mag pick to watch P3 in Bahrain. It was an easy pick. Um, My pick this week was watching free practice or re-watching free practice and listening. Fernando Alonso had maybe the best car on the grid this week and (laughs) completely fucked it up. And it kind of went to my own detriment because I saw those good results. I saw that uh, mechanical error in uh, qualifying even that still said, like, he was going to sit pole. All right, still, he finishes 10th. And he's qualifying tenth. What's going to happen? And it ends up seventeenth. But um, I definitely think there's going to be plays because to your Ricardo play, I know he played. He does well. He does terrible in Australia. Excuse me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, right. So it was it was easy. It went Ricardo at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's like taking the Jets at home. They ain't going to win. Yeah. Anyway. No.
1: I, the, <laughs> I didn't do much research going into this week. But the one piece of research that I did do since I haven't been there in a couple of years is look up like who are past winners at the at the Australian uh, circuit mm-hmm. and the old, the guy the guy's name that popped up that I was going to take and thank god I did not was Sebastian Vettel because he's won there yeah yeah exactly and he's the I mean, only guy on the grid right now that had won there before correct
0: that. and I was and I was staying completely away from Vettel yeah. um so Ferrari has done well um previously I noted um, but I didn't. I didn't. I, I still don't know if I want to take it. it. It's so I'm so waiting for the Ferrari bubble to burst that I'm yeah. so nervous. The week I'm going to take them is the week that it's a signs of Clark DNF or signs of Clark fifth sixth that you mm-hmm. get. Lot, you got last year a lot of. Um, I, I'm just so uh, afraid of taking putting all my nuts in a basket. Um, with taking a number one selection this early. But um, it's a a very interesting point because uh, Australia kind of gave you um, no information. Uh, um, Imola here will give you um, plenty of information. In the last two years, they've raced there. Everybody's basically been on that track. Um, Mm. But the sprint format now will mess everything up. Uh, Okay, it's Italy. What a better place to take a Ferrari this
1: weekend. Yeah, I mean. Or this weekend, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, no drivers with any Italian ties really on the grid anyway. So why not take the Italian team? I guess Alfa Romeo is an Italian team too. Right. But are we really trusting Alfa?
0: But if anybody's watched any drivers survive Italy and Ferrari do not mix well,
1: no, it's a passionate fan base. That's for sure.
0: It, it, it's a passionate fan base that really cares. And I'm pretty sure, um, uh, on that we're looking at a Max Lewis Lando finish last year in uh at the aerodrome so to see who will take um as i said it will be imola um aerodrome and enzo edino ferrari uh coming out of italy it is where italy is uh, where it uh, excuse me ferrari is based in italy as their home track so this is uh in all aspects, the Italian Grand Prix. It is not the Italian Grand Prix. We will have the Italian Grand Prix later in the year. Um, last tough. year, last year uh, resulted in rain uh, during the race. Um, Max came out on top after a Lewis spin out. Lewis ended up uh, beaching, um, coming back in like P8 and then drove it all the way back to um, P2 to finish. Mm-hmm. So it was quite the day. Um And now we will bring up what will really throw a wrench into this plan, as I alluded to earlier, is the sprint race. Um, The schedule for the week will be as follows. You will have a Friday practice. Uh, You'll have a Friday practice early. On Friday, you will have qualifying. Qualifying will be at 11 o'clock. So we will need picks in for everything prior to Friday at 11 a.m. So you're really only going to get practice one info here so it'll be interesting to see what happens um following qualifying we'll move into practice two on saturday morning and then saturday uh midday at ten we'll have the sprint race um sprint race is a new format um they had it last year what will happen is they will have a 20 to 30 minute race um it is a true l out sprint no uh um required pit stops. Um, the qualifying on Friday will set the grid for Saturday sprint. Uh, in the new format, the sprint will reward points from first place to eighth place. The first place winner will get eight points. The last place uh, or the eighth place person will get one point. So we'll go uh, one, will get eight, two, we'll get seven, we'll get six points onward, onward, down to eight, getting one. Um, the finishing Uh, results will also uh, set the grid for Sunday. So the race has multiple implications, not only points-wise, but it will also set the grid to see how you do on Sunday's race. Um, Obviously, that makes qualifying even more important on Friday. And it'll be interesting. Uh, It's an old school track. I don't really know much about it. Um, Everybody kind of alludes to it. It's got an old school feel. Um, Not a lot of high speed corners. It seems more slow turns, Um, weird right lefts coming out of chicanes, but very slow. Um, And then only one DRS zone. So it'll be an interesting race. Um, I know, obviously, once again, when you only have so much knowledge, because I haven't been watching that long, Uh, only seeing what happened last year um, in the rain doesn't really show you anything. Uh, This was the race they showed on Drive to Survive where uh, Vettel and Russell crash, and then they have words right there. Mm So um, it'll be interesting in our return to Imola uh, to see what happens and see if uh, the home team Ferrari can uh, finally get a win at home. Um, Like I said, the sprint uh, will require a new format for our pool selections. The sprint race, you can take any driver. Any driver on the grid, you have to take three different drivers for the three the three sprints the three sprints will allow you to probably get maximum points and have maximum um, appeal for you driver wise so uh, i assume i will see a lot of max's a lot of charles for the sprint selection portion which will also need to be in prior to qualifying on friday so i'm working at that 11 o'clock hard deadline for the race pick so you're gonna have to do two uh picks. Um I could see a lot of stacking this week. If you really don't know, maybe go Charles Charles, maybe go Max Max. Even um like I said, you're gonna have to take three unique people. So maybe you do see that um uh, Perez or signs or maybe even a Lewis pick in the sprint, and then hope that that maybe gives you your first kind of feel it out sprint, and then we will backload it because you know when that next sprint you're going to know who's in form when it's mid season or, or closer to the end of the season. I think the last uh, sprint will be in Brazil like this year. um So ending that. We will go into uh, your picks for the week. Who do you like in Italy, Michael?
1: In play. Um, I'm considering potentially taking a McLaren after seeing that they backed up their performance last last week in Australia. Um, Or I could uh, stick with one of the favorites that are left on the grid that I still have. I probably won't double up on anybody that I've already taken, but maybe I'll take a Checo this time around. He's been running really well um, recently. However, um, I don't know what the weather forecast is going to look like. And you mentioned rain. Um, I don't know if, if, if there's any rain in the forecast now. But I, what I will say from a strategy standpoint, if it is going to rain, given how much more variability there'll probably be in your DNS and your finishing positions, I'll probably go middle to, to, to back of the pack if there's any type of weather that's going to be involved.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, like I said, in the sprint, you're basically picking in between that top four yeah. to six um, range for the sprint uh, depending on strategy. And because you have front loaded uh, some of your picks here. Um, yeah. That seemed that middle pack um, kind of, you know, opens mm-hmm. up some possibilities, maybe, Hey, score some major points or just kind of throw it in and, you know what I mean? Say like, I'll take one uh, uh you jo or um, uh, one of the Williams cars and just, or one of the, um, uh Haas cars and maybe just lock it into something here. You never yeah, know. Let's
1: not get crazy. I don't think I'm going that far back yet. But yeah, you no, did it's... you say that,
0: but you know what I mean? That the Haas has shown um performance and you know what I mean like where does the midfield turn? Because even this year, if we see Haas still finish in ninth, tenth, they scored points yeah. early. So you know what I mean it's gonna be yeah. where that midfield starts where it stops for you.
1: I was actually going to ask you about that, Frank, as a newly minted Haas fan going mm. going back to going back to the states. Yes. Um how do you? They, they kind of had a disappointing week last week, considering Such what they did a disappointing in the first couple week. Of
0: weeks. Yeah. And um, at a place that they've shown um, previously, um, I think K Mag's raced there in a Haas before and like mm-hmm. finished pretty well. And especially for Schumacher to set the benchmark and beat K Mag there, it, uh, it was an interesting race. But from everything I kind of uh, delve into, Australia's a really unique track. And the changes kind of made it even more unique. So I really don't think it, it's too much. Uh, to read into people are hopping off the Gunther train pretty quickly here. So uh hopefully uh, we're
1: never on the Gunther train first. I
0: know, I know, I know. But in your official uh actual pool pick, who who are you taking this week? If you, you're gonna, gonna stay make, on you the, look, the Leclerc chain.
1: If you're gonna make me lock it in now, I'm probably gonna take Leclerc in the sprint just because he's the known commodity cause he's the known commodity. And then um, assuming no unrelated weather circumstances, uh, I'm probably gonna take Checo. He's hot.
0: Yeah, no, but um, you're, you're going to, to check out in the actual race, not related to who you'll take in the pool, but who do you think will Kirk comes out on top here? Or you really think uh, Oh, for the, actual,
1: for the actual race? I, I mean, honestly, until further notice, I think you just got to assume that the Ferraris are going to one, two or one, three. Yeah, it's I know. Just,
0: it's crazy. Yeah. And it'll be interesting just, to see what happens got more with right now. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with signs. but damn, does a not look good. He seems cool. He seems composed. And the, whole monaco not really being a country thing really upsets me so he seems so french and that bothers mm-hmm. me and, oh it's terrible so um yeah i know it's it's crazy to think uh, especially for uh, our group chat when you got to hear all those uh ferrari screams the win nows of it all is uh, quite frustrating as a, win now. especially as a new haas fan you know what i mean it's tough did anybody
1: like, else did anybody else like go into um drive to survive and like didn't realize that their hats said mission win now until like maybe the fifth episode i was trying to read it for the longest time and i was just like, i don't know i, I just don't think it's a good hat maybe like it's not easy to read um but don't tell tom tom, will, the, tom those tom, italians are more them.
0: about uh how it looks from the outside than the readability of any of it so it's beat but uh i think uh this European swing that's going to happen here. Um, it might give some more uh, reliability to Red Bull. It might give some more pace to Mercedes. Who knows what's coming out of this McLaren? Um, obviously uh, Alpine has shown plenty of pace. Al- Alonso and Acon have done uh, fairly well at the beginning of the year. Um, so it's really opening up that uh, midfield action, which I think will be really interesting for our league here to kind of feel out where that midfield starts, where it stops, what's the uh, lower midfield, what's the higher midfield, who's really battling for third place here. Because at any given time, Red Bull now looks like they're battling for third place. So it'll be really interesting as uh, people find uh, their groove and kind of unlock these engines and cars, because we still are in a bunch of rule changes and still a whole new format. And um, I really think uh, it's going to be a up and down season because – even the infighting between, well, Kork and Sines, excuse me, has, uh, has caused some issues here. Like I said, it seemed like it's really bothering Signs out there. So if that starts to combust internally, what happens and how quickly can a Red Bull make a jump up that uh, pack or a Mercedes for that matter? So it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think we can count on the Mercedes to be, I mean, down is a relative term, I guess, for them, but to be down yeah. for that long, it's. I, I'm I know I'm jumping way ahead on the schedule right now, but I'm really looking to like after the summer break when some of these uh some of these manufacturers have a chance to catch up and to see like how much the grid actually actually flips. I think that's where you're gonna see a lot of your points one and loss, especially in this pool, is yeah. determining like who's gonna save those teams that are gonna make those big jumps.
0: Yeah, and it might just be a, a luck of the draw, especially because you're gonna have to be forced to take some teams and yet you're taking a second driver on one of those midfield teams because you, you kind of feel like you have to in an unknown race at times, but then that second driver can end up posting some major points at that, after the midfield break or shit, Daniel Ricardo won after the summer break last year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anything can really happen. And yeah, with the uh, new cars, I think there's so much more uh, gains to be made. I think I'll close with this because you just uh, made the uh, Mercedes point to not count them out. So, I just uh, listened to something somebody said. Toto Wolf is a businessman, right? They've made finance guy. Finance guy. There you go. Um, They've made it plenty known that that's who he is. In a business world, this is what you prepare for. You have that constant day to day uh, mindset to ingrain in your staff. Hey, it's good now, but Mm -hmm. we can be them. And when we're them, what are we going to do to not beat them anymore? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be very interesting because like Mercedes has kind of always been, you have to know it has been the back of your head because if you're not, then you're just silly because eventually mm-hmm. you're going to slip up. Eventually the competition is going to cup, uh, catch up, but what do you do to bring it back in full focus and regain your crown and retake the throne? It'll be interesting because uh, he's a finance guy, but he's super freaking smart. And damn, if he doesn't like kill those 45 year old women watching uh, Driver Survive. So oh, he's got oh, it he's all going on. And, and you know them. what? I couldn't love Susie more. So
1: fortunately or unfortunately, depending if you're a, a Mercedes fan or, or a fan of any other team on the grid, but uh, they, they just have more resources. What was it in the first season? Didn't he say, like, I forget who he asked, but he asked somebody like, how many people he has working like in their like manufacturing department? They said like 200, and he's like, That's how many people I have out on holiday at any given time. Like, they just have so many more resources than everybody else.
0: Just, yeah, just absolutely, just big dog and everybody. All right, Michael. Well, um, we are going to wrap up here. I appreciate you joining. Um, this will Thanks wrap up our final or first, excuse me, not our final, our first F1 pod, our maiden voyage for our untitled uh f1 draft pool league fantasy uh, whatever this is that i uh, have put together um so i will uh, close out once again it's frank skrajewski uh, at the f609 mike you got anything to plug uh
1: not not really uh there you go we don't what, want to dock my... you
0: too we don't want to dock you too much out there in kentucky that might come looking for you um So like the back of a uh, pool sign on a door, everybody push, push,
1: push, push, yes.